Hi, this is Jerry Conway, and you're listening to Amazing Spider Talk. Welcome to the Amazing Spider Talk. My name is Dan Gavazdan, and I'm the editor of SuperiorSpiderTalk.com. And I'm Mark Ginocchio, the editor of the Chasing Amazing blog. Thanks for joining us for the sixth and 1.4th episode of Amazing Spider Talk. I'm really kind of ready to be done with these point fours and point well, fives. I, one more left, Dan. We can do it. Yeah. We hope you enjoy this podcast and that it provides an intelligent conversation between two fans and collectors as we hope to look at the Spider-Man comic universe in a bit of a bigger picture. Yeah, for this episode, we'll be discussing Amazing Spider-Man number 6 by Dan Slott and Umberto Ramos, answering some fan mail, giving away some prizes, covering some new spider news, and reviewing Amazing Spider-Man Learning to Crawl 1.4, hence the point four episode, which is by Dan Slott and Ramon Perez. Awesome, Mark. If you hear this sound, everyone, please remember to check out your iOS device for a link to an article, video, or image to enhance your listening experience. Mark, we got a lot of cover, so let's get right into it. Amazing Spider-Man number six. Spider-Man number six. It's the final part of this first arc of the relaunched Amazing Spider-Man, which is tying up these dangling threads involving Electro and Black Cat. Um, you know, Dan, I, I, I've not been the hugest fan of this uh, arc since you know, over the last couple of issues, really. And, you know, we've kind of talked about it. You know, there are some issues I think we kind of have to just you know, gloss over and get and be done with if we're going to have any enjoyment here. But I mean, the, the main point is that it just, I feel like this was a story that fell a little flat. Uh, you know, it, 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 I'd like to say it was building to something, but I don't know if it really was, um, you know, it wasn't, wasn't terrible, but uh, you know what I mean? Like, uh, did, did this excite you in any way? <laughs> yeah, not really. After, after the first couple issues, I kind of, you know, it felt very repetitive to me that every issue was Black Cat and Electro do something crazy somewhere, Spider-Man responds to it, they get away and repeat over and over and over again. And this issue was is no different. It's, you know, picks up at the end of the last catastrophe and then introduces a new one. Um, and, you know, there are some things that get moved forward here. And often when arcs end, I like to look at them and say, like, what were the, like, lasting changes from this story? Yeah, and I think there's a couple ways. of lasting changes from this one. Um, like, well, first, we you know, we can't forget that Black Cat has mysteriously become a villain. Right. Um, but also, like, Electro, like, loses his powers. 
And what's striking about this one is that big change, one of the big striking changes that happens during this issue, for me, I was really upset because it was done off panel. Like we, we basically don't even get to see what happens there. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it, it just feels to me like um, the Spider-Man, the main Spider-Man book has kind of really has lost its mojo since it's, it's transitioned over. I mean, you know, I feel that Superior really was so good. Um, it kind of raised the bar, I think, a bit for these stories. Um, and, you know, we've talked about how dissatisfied we were with how superior ended and we thought maybe well you know they they gotta they kind of have this transition into asm maybe you know it'll get better and and the first few issues were okay but it's just you know for 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 something that's supposed to be fresh and new i kind of feel like we're hitting a lot of the same emotional beats a lot of the same character beats um it, it almost feels like it's running in place uh kind of emotionally and 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 energy wise um you know maybe we're just holding steady until spider-verse kicks off i mean you know did they not want to start the new book off with spider-verse i don't know but um it's definitely definitely is kind of you know if if superior raised the bar right now asm i'm I'm kind of going into it now with much lower expectations which is disappointing because i like i like this book i like dan slot i've liked him for a while but um this this just hasn't been doing it for me one of the things i think that's curious about this issue and and about slot I think in general, and I think his best issues are ones that don't follow this trend is I think Slot has a, like a weird disinterest in Peter Parker. You know, so many of his books are, you know, dominated by the, the, the cast of Peter's world. But like Peter always feels kind of like a second string character to me for like a, a, a titular character, you know. He – a lot, all the action is typically like handled by other people, and it's like checking in on them. And you know, the issues I like the most of Dan Slots that I can think of are like ones where Peter is the dominant force of uh, forward momentum and action. How, how do you feel about that statement? Do you agree? Um, you know, when we talk about Dan Slot stories that we really like, I mean, we always come back, Dan, you and I, to Spider Island, and I think a large part of that is is that's inherently a Peter Parker story. I mean, you know, that comic is about an island full of Spider-Men, yet it's Peter Parker who saves them, and I, and and you know, and so that's where I agree with you. I mean, you know, to me, that's the pinnacle of Dan Slot's run on Spider-Man over the last few years. That and probably uh, the first half of Superior. Um, in terms of this book, I mean, you know. I, I think I think the focus of this book has really kind of strayed since they introduced Silk, who I think on her own merits is is an okay character. But I mean, you know, there was there was just stuff in this comic that you know was making Silk look like a, a superstar to to the point of absurdity, in my my opinion. I mean, it's like you know, how, how, how to, if if you were picking up a Spider Man comic for the first time, you'd be wondering how did Spider Man make it for the last fifty years without this Silk character, right? Yeah, she saves him. I think three times in this issue. And, yeah, it, yeah, and she's ahead. just better. I would say she's just she seems better than him in every way. And and you know when the characters were first introduced, it was more of like, well, you know, I'm I'm stronger and and wiser, but you're faster and more impetuous. You know, that was kind of you know like the yin and yang or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, but I the, like that balance. Yeah, but it's like you know she's faster. She's 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 got the the super webbing she you know she's like, got better spider sense yeah I, I i i it's you know it's kind of a little absurd and and you know this is setting a danger it's going down a dangerous path in my opinion because you know 
with with the threat of Morlin looming, it's like you know, is 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 if Silk ends up saving the day in Spider Verse over this you know kind of earth shattering threat, I'm not going to buy it because I you know I just don't buy into the character enough. And then the the flip side of that is if if they're doing all this and they're just going to fridge her in the end, then it's like well that's stupid too. You know what I mean? So what, it's like they, they, I think this character needs to be dialed down considerably right now. Yeah, I, I agree. And one thing I worry about, you know, this is a six-issue arc with where not a lot happened, I would say. You know, like, I mean, I guess the introduction of Silk is a huge thing, and Electro losing his powers is pretty big. But most of this, I thought, was kind of filler. I mean, you get Jonah getting a new job and Peter coming back. But, like, for six issues of Dan Slott storytelling, I'm used to a lot more. Um, and... I know we've been critical of him in the past for doing maybe too much, but I, I wonder if um, he had this like contained story, you know, that maybe had more time with the characters. But with us going from event to event, and I consider Superior Spider-Man, you know, kind of an event, like the end of Superior Spider-Man. That's like a big moment, you know. And going from big moment to big moment, you have to introduce these characters, and. This story about Peter, you know, relaunching Amazing Spider-Man, like, it should be about Peter Parker and him reacting to the world again and being alive again. But now you've got this other Spider-Verse thing crammed into this. It feels like we're not giving enough time for each, you know, story. And I worry, like, if if, if this is the way we're going to try to get sales on comics or now that Spider-Man is popular again, are we going to be just zipping from one big thing to the next to, like... How about some time to actually sit with our characters and find out their motivations? Yeah, but I mean, you know, I, I think what, what made Spider-Man popular again was the quality of superior Spider-Man. And, and, you know, not to, you know, be the harbinger of doom for Marvel and, and its Spider-Books. But, you know, if, if the quality of, of the content goes down, I, I don't think the sales are going to follow. I mean, you know, there was, there was a period there where... Yeah, I mean, not that Spider-Man was doing poorly, but I mean, it wasn't, you know, certainly post Brand New Day, it, it, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a top seller anymore. I mean, maybe top 20, top 30, it certainly wasn't like top 10, top five, like it is right now. So, um, I mean, if this is the, if this is the solution to, to being sales driven, it's just going event to event to event. I, I, I think they're not, they're discrediting the the persnicketiness of readers. I mean, you know, they'll see through it quickly. You know, like it's it's not it's not the it's not the character that's selling the book. It's 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 the the book itself. My opinion. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. I mean, maybe maybe this thing will just sell hundred hundred thousand copies every month, and I'll look like an idiot. But um, we'll see. But the, the, you know, I, I I agree with you. I think I think it's a little too event driven. Um, you know, it, it definitely has strayed from I, what I thought was the original thesis of of the. Launch, which was like, you know, this is Peter Parker and he's got a new lease on life. I mean, you know, like maybe this is just me being silly, but like, um, I was kind of surprised with how the book ends. You know, we, we do have this heroic moment of, of Spider Man sacrificing himself, potentially almost killing himself, if not for Silk, uh, with Electro, um, you know, to save, to, to save one of his villains. And, you know, here's an exhibition of this is the heroism that Peter is versus what Otto did. But, like, you know, that kind of ends it on this, like, yeah, you know, it was a great day because nobody died. And I'm like, are we going back to No One Dies again? Like, like, like that's a story, that's a slot story from years ago now. And it's like, what happened to this kind of new 
new look. I feel like, you know, a character who was essentially dead or in the mindscape or whatever the hell you want to call it uh, for so long, the character would be different, you know? Like, and, and I'm not getting the sense that this character is any different pre mind swap post mind swap and maybe that's what's bothering me the most right now yeah and there's even a moment where he like you know does his you know patented spider-man thing where he jumps into the action without really thinking about it and silk calls him out on it and he's like you know why did you why didn't you like spend more time thinking about this and he's like i just like to make big splashy entrances and you're like what happened the last time that you didn't think something through like your brain got hijacked. Like, yeah, where, yeah. Where is that reflective Peter that you know is has a new lease on life, but is I mean, you know, it might just not be the take that Dan Slott wanted to do, but you know, but it's a logical take. I mean, you know, there is this traumatic thing that happened to this character, and I'm not saying that the character has to become Batman or Daredevil and be all dark and and, and moody about stuff, but you know, like 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 you said, I mean, where where. where what what has anybody learned from what just happened over the past year and a half? You know, besides the fact that, you know, again, you know, kind of talking about Peter, you know, it's like, you know, we have all this stuff with Parker Industries and his his own employees are like, you know, this guy's an idiot. I liked it when Otto was in charge. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like it's like once again this idea that like Peter is just not good enough for anything, and I I I don't I don't feel like it was always like that under slot until like the last couple of years and and i don't get why that's a thing you know what i mean like you know we we we, there seems to be this emphasis on you know sidekicks there was alpha and then you know let's 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 do the let's do superior and then okay superior is over now we have silk and now we have spider-verse and it's like you know what happened to just a story about peter (laughs) yeah and one of the things i wrote in my review of this um is that you know Peter is kind of made out to be a goof in this issue. Like he, you know, he's not smart enough to manage his company. And I think that's fine because I don't want to really see Peter running a company for much longer. I think the big time, like, era is like, I'm done with Spider Man having money and, like, being creating all these magical things that can cure his enemy without, like, any strife at all. Um, like the button that cures Electro. Um, like, I'd rather him work a bit more for it. But, like, one of the things that, like, I always thought about Peter is that, like, he's not an idiot and he's not even, like, that careless. That's what makes the Parker luck the Parker luck. He's, right. like, a normal guy who's pretty in charge of his life, except that he happens to have a life that is, you know, out of this world and presents him with things that normal people wouldn't have to, you know, to deal with. Right. That interrupts right. his life. But if he's an idiot in his, like, day-to-day, like, and I feel like I'm s- smarter than he is, like, where – how do I meet this character? Like, why do I care, you know? Yeah, I mean, you know, the the old the old school Spider-Man joke always was, you know, him being like, oh, I bet Captain America never has days like this or Daredevil never has days like this. You know, this idea of, like, you know, because of – the, his extraordinary circumstances that he has to deal with that's that's why he has this misfortune it's not because he's not smart enough or strong enough or or fast enough or or you know careful enough i mean yeah we're just we're we're, we're off the reservation here with spider-man this is this is this i don't it 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 
you know, Dan, not to not to sound the alarms, but I'm a, I'm a little worried about where we're going with this because it's like, what 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 are we what are we trying to say about this character? You know, and and I don't. You know, and we'll get to this when we talk about learning to crawl too. I mean, you know, I know you and I diverge a little bit on that, but I mean, it's it's my same issue. It's like, what are we actually trying to say about this character? And I don't know that everybody knows that. Uh, everybody being who's on board with the books, and um, but whatever. Um, let's let's talk a little bit more about stuff in six before we depress ourselves. Um, <laughs> I'm not depressed, but. I know, I know, I know. Um, I, I, I like liking Spider-Man. That's what it boils down to. Um, yeah, and I, and this issue isn't all bad. I think there's some no. genuinely good humor in here. Yeah. Um, there's some one like fun sequences between, you know, Peter and 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 Cindy Moon, like when she's gonna web him up. I think right. that's kind of a funny back and forth. I mean, Dan Slott is good at his kind of like witty dialogue and right. You know, and there's like, a lot of winning art here, and the paces. You know, rapid enough that you can get caught up in it. And I did like the little bit of misdirection in the very beginning with Jonah and the TV, and him, you know him blocking the camera. You know, everyone reacting. You're like, oh wow, they really went through with this. And it's like, oh wait, no, they're reacting to Jonah being a knucklehead. Yeah, that was nice. Although I'm, you know, I kind of wish they had done something with that. Like they teased us just to pull it away. Like, why not right. reveal him and have Black Cat see his face? And every you know have something of consequence happen because right, of that right. moment, you know. But you know, I have to, I have to, you know, because you know, with Jameson's dad marrying Aunt May, I mean, you know, this by proxy does James does Jonah now have the Parker luck? Because that kind of seems where they ended it with him. It's like, why does nothing ever work out for me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. But you know, uh, Jonah, he's indomitable. Yeah, yeah. Let's get him a pizza job right away. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, one of the things I really liked in this book was that there was a little uh, visual gag, I guess. Maybe not a gag, but did you catch the superior foes making an appearance in the background? Oh, was this uh, in one of the, the, the mob scenes with Black Hat? Or was yeah, this... in the bar with no name. You can like see Boomerang and the Beetle and Shocker and all them in the background. Yeah, well, I think like some of the, the Sinister 15 or 12 or whatever were hanging out there too, right? I yeah, mean, so... and our good friend uh, you know, 8-Ball is back. 8-Ball, you know, thank goodness. Well, you know. After after getting after getting some of the orb uh, in the original Sentai and the guy with the eyeball head, I guess we needed eight ball. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, you, you can't talk about that barroom scene without talking about our, our good friend. Well, as I like to call it, the brand new character, Alicia Tardy. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, Black Cat still still a mess, right? Yeah, completely. Like this one, like before she like. You know, there's a scene with Ollie in the fire, and you're like, okay, like, maybe she didn't notice what she was doing or didn't know the implications of her actions. Like, this time she's full-out murderous. Like, and not just one person. Like, several people, including a helicopter full of news reporters, which she called there herself. Like, who is this person? I don't know. And and the, I, I'm sorry, but you, you – like, I feel like – they're trying to put things into the text that explain her behavior, and I just don't buy it. You know, now it's like, oh, my years with the spider, you know, I was my, at my weakest. It's like, I don't know. Like, you're just you're just thumbing your nose at other stories that say otherwise, you know? Like, like uh, I don't know. I, I just, I, I, I don't buy it. 
I think this is just a terrible choice for the character. It remains terrible. It's going to obviously come back again because, you know, she's not captured. She's, you know, it seems to be only ascending in terms of power and influence in the Marvel Universe right now. But it's like, you know. Are we going to get a Black Cat Nation arc? <laughs> you know, like, like where are they going with this? I mean, you know, I don't. Is, is there anybody besides Dan Slott that's going to write the story about Black Cat and, you know, running the underworld in Marvel? I mean, you know, is Mark Way going to start doing it in Daredevil? I really is don't think so. Is she smart enough to do that? I don't think so. I, I just don't. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I sigh. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, and, and, and there, there was a couple incidents of that where, where, you know, kind of going back to what I was saying about, like, I felt like things were kind of like ham-fisted into the text that I just felt where I kind of like, all right, whatever. Like, um, the scene with Peter and Anna Marie at the end, because, you know, after they had that, re- you know, that really strong character moment in Amazing 2 that we both seem to like, it's like that whole dynamic has just been completely, you know, thrown aside. And, like, they just kind of decide... Yeah, Slack kind of decides in six, like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna bring it back to this, and it's like, well, you know, you're not as you're not as cute, and this is the other spider, uh, other Peter, but you know, we can be good friends. And I was kind of like, wasn't that kind of what they were doing at this point? Like, like I don't I, like the fact that they had to say it like that. Just I don't know, it just bothered me. It was just kind of like a, like a duh moment for me. I don't know you. I mean, yeah, I, I totally hear you. I just don't really know why she would want to be friends with this guy. He's like completely irresponsible and then like throws her under the bus constantly and like she gets to come home to him making out with this like uh, you know new person she's never met before it's like having that roommate that like is just like having sex out in the open in your your room or something it's like gosh i mean how, why would she want to be friends with this guy yeah i don't know but like at the same token like there was they also never did anything where they would show her kind of breaking away from that. So it's like, I don't know. Like, I'd rather them just not even address it because, like, they didn't, you know? It's like, it's not like they addressed it in the story, how she actually really was feeling and reacting and wanting to do in all this. I mean, I feel like they they, they spent more time with Sinjani than with Anna, Anna Maria in terms of, like, her reaction to everything that's been going on. Yeah. And, the sin, and, you know, and so, you know, now we have, like, the heel turn from Sinjani, and it's like, okay... So I guess that's going to be the lingering plot line is who is the mole in Parker Industries. I don't know. Is that a storyline that intrigues you at all? Well, I'm I'm anxious for Parker Industries to uh, go out of business. Yeah. Um, just because, like I said earlier, I'm kind of ready for, like, Peter Parker who is, like, we're, like caught up by – because I feel like with Parker Industries, it's like Peter Parker is Tony Stark. He's – he just has everything in his own, like – in his own hands, but he's still he's not being handled that way. Like he's going up against Electro, so he has this industry that can just, within a span of an issue, find a device to cure Electro, right? And Peter doesn't really have to work for that. And like, so long as he has that at his like base, he's going to be like way too powerful, and things are going to come to him too easy. But like, when you get him out of that place and he has to like scrounge for money, we're going to spend more time with Peter Parker. Then we are going to spend with Spider-Man, and I always like those stories more. So I feel like maybe Parker Industries is part of the problem with like where these 
stories are focused. I don't know. Does that make any sense? No, I see what you're saying. I mean, I, I, I got to be honest. It's not a, it's not a storyline that's doing much for me either. But I mean, I don't know. Like I have, I, I have larger issues with what's going. I, I don't, I don't know if Parker Industries is a, is a, you know, a cause or a symptom. You know what I mean? Like it's just. Um, I don't have problems with it. Like you know, as an idea, like him running a company is interesting. I just right. don't like that this company is so powerful that it can solve all of his issues. You know, a couple of years ago, we got that, you know, that series of books where he would have a new costume every issue. And it kind of robs the whole, like, joy of seeing a new Spider-Man costume for me. And, like, and then you ask the questions, you're like, well, then why isn't he using those things all the time? Like, why right. isn't he invisible all the time? Right, right. And why doesn't he have armor all the time? Um, yeah, no, I can't disagree with you. Um, I do I do want to backtrack a little bit. You mentioned, um, you know, talking about Anna Maria walking in on... Peter and this new woman making out. I mean, are you are you a fan of this romance between Peter and Cindy or whatever you want to call it? Well, I don't think it's meant to be a, a romance per se, but I think – I'm not against it. I think it's kind of fun. Like they're kind of teasing us with each other like, you know, uh, but I don't really – I mean I still don't really care for Cindy all that much. Like she's fine. She's got some good quips, but she feels very much like a – Peter Parker replacement to me. Yeah. Um, I mean, so. Yeah. I mean, I think the fact that, like, I mean, the characters even kind of acknowledge that this is something that's almost kind of like being, they're almost like mystically drawn to each other in some way. Like, I don't know, like, it's like the, the, the heavy pawing and stuff like that that we're getting in, in these last few issues is starting to feel a little uncomfortable for me. I don't know if that's. Well, yeah. <laughs> and like I said before on the podcast, like, whenever you have these kind of mystical things and the characters are doing something out of their control, they like inherently have less control in the book and less ha- and have less um you know uh, momentum of their own like they're doing it via someone else's will so you lose that kind of very specific focus of a protagonist you know what i mean yeah yeah um any comments on the art in this issue dan yeah i mean of course, it's Ramos, and I think you and I have both said that we like Ramos' stuff, and I think this is still good Ramos stuff. Uh, there's some weird paneling here, like where the like the perspective is kind of like upside down or like twisted around, and I think a lot of these panels are overcrowded too. Like characters stand in front of each other in weird ways that I didn't love, but there are yeah. also cool things like the black cat's whip like coming out of the book, which I thought was kind of cool. Yeah, no, I, I, you know, I've been I've been kind of high on Ramos the last few issues. I kind of felt this was a step back. This was kind of a sloppy Ramos that sometimes frustrates me. I don't know. There was just, you know, I think I think especially like some of the stuff with Electro towards the end, where there's a lot going on. I mean, you're talking about you know stuff being off panel and stuff, but I think also part of the issue was stuff just wasn't visually clear what yeah, was going I, on. I agree with you. There are like moments where Electro has like metal wrapping around him. I think, and yeah. again, I emphasis on the I think. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, kind of, kind of a, kind of a little bit of a letdown in, in, with Ramos there, but you know, I'm, uh, I'm, you know, maybe, maybe there were some deadline issues with this comic, or who knows what. But um, you know, I, I just, also like my Ramos like from time to time, like six issues of Ramos. I'm like, okay, I got my Ramos fix. Like, yeah, I'm yeah. ready to move on to the next one, uh, and and see who's doing that. Who is doing the Miss Marvel arc? Do we know? I is believe that it's a- Common Coley. Okay, and I know what's his name. Copiel's doing the um, is doing Spider Verse issues, right? Yeah, or, and it looks beautiful. 
yeah, I mean he's he's phenomenal. So uh, that 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 will be fun. Um, it will be nice to get him on this book long term. Yeah, we'll see. I mean that. I mean he's usually more of an event guy, isn't he? So yeah. um, so Dan, what were your thoughts? Uh, what, what's your grade on this? Yeah, this this is one of my least favorite ones that we've done, and maybe it's just that I'm like just now getting caught up to speed here. Like I think I tried to give it a little the last issue a little bit of a benefit of the doubt. Right. Yeah, I'm giving this one a, a D plus. All right. Well, I mean, I'm only a nudge above you. I'm a C minus, but um, I hear you. Um, you know, we'll 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 <laughs> we'll see what the next few issues bring. Maybe we'll we'll get a little bit of reprieve. Yeah, I am a huge fan of Miss Marvel. So you know, if it's written well, then you know, I, I'd be all down for that. She's a good character. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Fingers crossed. Yeah, well, let's move on into some comments and emails from you guys. everybody well of course uh we always love to hear your your comments and and ratings which you can do over at itunes and on stitcher uh it's it's your comments and your ratings that help us grow as a community so please make sure you leave them to search on uh amazing spider talk on itunes or on our on stitcher you could also email us at amazing spider talk at gmail.com uh we will uh take your questions on the air talk a little bit about them um and we, you know we always love when we hear from a diverse range of people um but let's get, let's talk comments first this first one uh from itunes it's uh title is the spidey officials it's five out of five stars it's from spider maj uh he uh spider maj writes it only took one or two episodes for me to know i would be a loyal listener spider-man was my first love in comics since fourth grade and after going through a proper batman obsession through high school and most of college my return to the world of the webhead has been super fun and surprisingly enriching dan and mark's podcast has been a perfect addition to my daily weekly spidey indulgence it takes insight and knowledge to drive a good conversation dan and mark both have a deep expertise in the world of spider-man which makes for a more informative and critical show when they discuss the old and new. They break down the books from all angles and find appreciation in things only true comic lovers would. I myself do not buy current Spider-Man issues, but still love listening to the podcast so I can be brought up to speed and hear some fair analysis from two fans I can trust. Thanks, guys. And That's thank you, Spider-Man. Interesting that we get one from somebody who doesn't read the books. I wonder what that experience would be like, <laughs> listening to us talk about something you haven't read. I mean, I know we haven't recently because we've been kind of playing catch up since this, this our summer vacations. But we do talk about some older books, and maybe that's that that drives it too a little bit. Yeah, and we'll be getting back into that real soon, everybody. So yeah, definitely stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> the next one comes from uh, actually a name that when I saw it, I was really pleased. It's from uh, Buford Hollis. Mark, do you know who Buford Hollis is? I believe Buford Hollis is from the phenomenal Bill Mantlo Spectacular Spider-Man arc starring Razorback. Yes, it is. So if this is actually Buford, that would be amazing. But uh, uh, yeah. I, yeah. I just wrote a piece about Razorback that's going to go up on the, my site on, what is it, September 24th? I believe that's the day. Yeah, we're doing this big blog team up that day, and, and mine is about Razorback, so... When I saw this name, I was like, well, what are the chances of that? Another fan of Razorback. <laughs> Mark, are you a fan of Razorback? Um, it's about as much as a fan as you can be. I guess he's better than Swarm. 
Yes, he is far better than Swarm. So uh, Buford Hollis, uh, the title of this one is Make Mine Amazing Spider Talk, 5 out of 5. And Buford writes, I, w- I should do this in a Buford accent. <laughs> do it, Dan. No, I'm not going to do it because it would uh, just be insulting to the South. Boo. <laughs> uh, this is the definitive Spider-Man podcast show. Mark and Dan balance each other's opinions well with a good sense of humor and cultural awareness. Few other shows use the links, sounds, and imagery that this show does to make it a fully interactive experience. Well, there you go. Well, thank you. Thank you, Buford, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna um, I'm gonna ten seven him. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> ten four. No. Yeah. Um, our our next one is all the way over from the UK from Josh Mack. And no, I'm not gonna do my my jolly old British accent um, to make God, this because because that. that would really insult people. <laughs> um, uh, the title is what a marvelous podcast. Five out of five stars. This show has helped me out so much. I recently started collecting Spider-Man comics again, starting with Superior Spider-Man number fourteen, and this show has given me some insight into the lengthy history. Listening to the review of the classic issues is brilliant, and the news and reviews of the latest series has fast become a highlight to my week. I listened to all the old podcasts over the last two months and can't wait for more. Keep up the good work, guys. Here's another one who, like, we get we get these listeners that do these, like, uh, binge listening sessions of our podcast, Dan. I, I, I kind of feel like, you know, we're the Breaking Bad of podcasts. I think that might be, like... The only way that I could somehow simulate what it's like to be my girlfriend, just to have to listen to me all day. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Um, we got one more, right? Or is there, no, or no. We done- Let's move on into our emails. So oh. um, our emails, you can, of course, again, email us at AmazingSpiderTalk at gmail.com. And our first one comes from Zach Sobzak. Uh, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, He writes in every now and again. Um, He asks us, he says, I know it's not Spider-Man specific, but there has been speculation that Jonathan Hickman's Avengers run will culminate in a hard reboot of the Marvel Universe with the Time Runs Out storyline a la the New 52 for DC. Do you guys think that could be in the cards? Mark, what are your thoughts on this? Because, you know, you hear a lot about this on the Internet. Yeah, I I mean... But I, you know, I think that they also speculated about that when Marvel Now was 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 launching. I mean, like, I feel that Marvel is is a little too cognizant of what DC is doing. I think if they ended up doing their own version of the New Fifty Two, um, they would be rightly called out for you know kind of just ripping off. And the, and the thing is, it's not like the you know there are some successful new 52 books but it's not like as a concept it, it was really that well received i think some some fans were ticked off by this hard reboot of continuity i mean especially after you know, i mean you know like there certain things are just retconned out of existence again like you know superman and lois lane being married so um i mean yeah, i think I, the I, only book that's really benefited that much from it was like the Batman book, right? I mean that book, and that's not because of the New Fifty Two. It's because they have an amazing writer on there. Yeah, I would say. I mean, the the joke with Batman is of all the of all the series, um, that's the book that's had probably the least continuity shift per you know after the New Fifty Two. Like, I mean, you know, like they it's you know they did the Zero Year arc, which obviously kind of reimagines the origin, but um, there. In terms of, like, there's more of an acknowledgement of past events in that book than than there are there isn't any other DC book, from my understanding. Not that I read a ton of DC, but from what I understand, um, so I don't, 
I just don't know. I mean, I got to be honest. I gave up on Hickman's Avengers a while ago. I, 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 you know, people love Hickman. He is just not the writer for me. I guess there are just some writers that, you know, speak to you as 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 a reader, and some that just turn you off. And he's the latter. Um, but you know, I, I appreciate the people who do love his stuff that he does. Um, Believe it so. or not, his Avengers is too difficult for me to follow. But I did love his Ultimates run. Um, yeah, I mean, this—that's the thing. I mean, I—I—I liked—I liked his Fantastic Four stuff before it went to FF, um, and then Future Foundation. I feel it just kind of lost me, even with Spider-Man involved. Um, that was kind of like my first real big taste of Hickman on a regular basis. Like I would only just kind of key in here and there. Uh, but yeah, Avengers was just really hard. I mean, I—I I, I started reading Avengers. Um, around Infinity last summer, and because I mean I love I love Thanos, I love I've loved all the other well I shouldn't say I've loved all the Infinity events. I've actually some of them have been pretty bad, but um, but the issue was like you said it was it was it was a comprehension issue. I'm like wh- where is he going with this? And then like he started this whole Rogue's Planet thing and stuff with the Illuminati and New Avengers. And I was like no, this is way too high minded. I mean I've heard stories of people at like Marvel retreats that this guy like has to bring out like you know like flowcharts and stuff to explain his 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 Jeez. plots his plots to the editors um so yeah, i just didn't know what people were talking about i was like i did not keep up with avengers enough to follow this i mean i don't know like i i picked up grant morrison's multiversity and that was kind of a that was kind of a a, a textbook to get through and i find that easier to get through than some of hickman's avengers yes. i mean yeah morrison yeah. is notoriously difficult yeah <laughs> read final crisis and just he makes brain dan slot look like he doesn't do like obscure references yeah right <laughs> yeah and uh, mark you know on this topic i i'm with you i don't think that's in the plans for marvel at all i think one of marvel's like biggest selling points is the fact that it has a continuity that has existed from the the 60s you know or even before that you know i think yeah. they're very continuity heavy at marvel and i really think they know that they would piss people off if they did that yeah because you also gotta i mean not to dwell on this with dc but you, you got to keep in mind with dc i mean the continuity issues that have existed at dc i mean they go way beyond new 52 i mean you know that was the whole premise of crisis on the infinite earths in the 80s it was like it was like all these weird multiverses and parallel earths and stuff and they needed to find a way to just like streamline it and that and crisis did it to some extent and then made bigger issues in other areas so then they did infinite crisis and final crisis and 52 and all these things and 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 you know it's like so new new 52 was just finally like their way to just pull the band-aid off and just redo it all um marvel doesn't have that issue like you said so and marvel um, also has the ultimate universe which you know is on kind of tough times right now but like i mean i think the bigger signs are leading towards them just combining those universes than doing a hard reset you know yeah with all which which is upsetting to me but you know uh, yeah. Well, you got you. It, did, has Miles started showing up in X Men yet? Yes, he has. He had made his debut right. like two weeks ago. Was it any good? Or well, he's on the last page, and he's just like, "Hey, do I know you?" And then you know that's the end of it. So I think like next week we get our next real taste of that. Um, gotcha. Gotcha. So. Um, all right. Well, I hope we answered your question, Zach. Um, and let, let's get to the sex ones from from Maj. Um, Maj writes, I'm a big fan of the show. Uh, he has a bit of a noob question, he says. 
what are some of the best books to read featuring the art of Marcos Martin and John Romita Jr. respectively? Um, and then um, he also wanted to uh, get a sense of some other artists that um, kind of have that um, minimalist, simplistic, almost Ditko-esque style to them. Um, well, in terms of great Marcos Martin's stories and Ramita's stories. I mean, we. I mean, with Marcos Martin, you always go with um, the oh, and I always forget the title of it. The the, the two parter with the with the, by Mark Wade with the um, with the subway. Um, oh, um, unscheduled stop. That's it. Unscheduled stop. Yes, with Shocker, the non cowardly Shocker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that that is probably my favorite Marcos Martin one. There's a couple of them where he battles um, the. Uh, uh, Mr. Negative and his gang. Uh, I I will always remember the, the double page spread of him fighting them in the casino. Yes, um, and then I mean the 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 no one dies, which is like the follow up arc to Big Time uh, with Dan Slott in the in the mid six hundreds, um, were some phenomenal uh, Martine issues. I mean, there's I mean that that one issue. Uh, I think it's six fifty five. It's got the cover. It's like the stark white cover with Peter kneeling down with his you know mask yeah. off. I mean, the art in that book is just extraordinary. Um, and if so, you like him, you know, I would recommend checking out other books that he's done besides Spider-Man. I think he's almost exclusively worked with really good writers. And I would recommend his book uh, Private Eye a lot. Have you checked that out, Mark? Is that the one with Brian K. Vaughn? Yeah, yeah. I have not, and I need to. I understand. But I know it's supposedly a brilliant It's an internet-only book, right? Yeah, it's only digitally released. And it's not that expensive either. I think... It's actually like what you want to pay for it is the price of the book. Um, yeah, I, sh- I so need to check that out because need, I love yeah, them both. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then in terms of Ramita, I mean, I mean, there's so much to choose from Ramita. And then it's also like, which Ramita are you picking? Are you picking yeah. early Ramita or kind of like, I mean, I, I, I really don't feel like, like the distinctive Ramita style started until the 90s. Um, and, and that was actually when he was on... Um, Spider-Man with Howard Mackey, where it's like kind of like that, that that um, style that he really became known for. I mean, his for the first half, it's really different. It's um, very much like his father. Yes, yes. Um, that being said, it, highly recommend the first Hobgoblin arc. Because uh, yes. I think you can get a sense of where Ramita Jr. would go. Um, you know, how he would develop. Because it was starting to develop there, that unique style. And that book right. is beautiful. Yeah. And then, of course, you have, like, um, the, the I mean, in terms of new, new Ramita, um, the, the coming home arc. That's the first arc with Straczynski and Moreland and Ezekiel, which, you know, I'm sure we'll be talking about again in the future. Um, I mean, that's a great book. And in terms of, um, I, you know... It, I know that this this book kind of has its critics because of you know the storyline, but the the September 11th issue I thought was I mean especially considering how quickly it came together, I thought the art was beautiful and that um, really I heartbreaking. Thought all of the arcs with Ramita Jr. and Trzinski together were really great. Like as soon as they split their partnership up, I think that book started to suffer. Yeah, no, I, I think I think having like an old stalwart like. JRJR kind of kept JMS in, in check personally. That was always my read on that. Or maybe but, the uh, editors in check. Yeah, that's 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 true too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> why 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 mess with a good thing? Um, but then, who are some other artists that you think would would uh, be are reminiscent of those guys? Well, if I'm thinking uh, of like iconography, like you know, really, I, I would say like if you haven't read Spider-Man Blue yet, 
Tim Sale's book is just like every page is you know so iconographic. Yes. Um, and maybe it's because he's working with the classic characters and he's trying to you know imitate uh, Ramita Senior. But like that book is just beautiful and um, and I I would recommend that to to anyone. Yeah. No. No question. Um... Is there anyone else we were talking about, Dan? I'm trying to think. Well, I, you know, I was thinking about, like, that simple style. And if you like kind of, like, slightly manga stuff, you might like David LaFuente's work on Ultimate Spider-Man. I know he had a lot of detractors and people that didn't like that style. But I think once Peter gets his hair cut a little bit, you know, you can kind of <laughs> see – you can get over that hurdle and uh, and see that he's got some really kind of fun paneling and, and some, like, fun designs. I loved his Mysterio. So, um you know, maybe if you're interested in Ultimate Spider-Man, you can check out some David LaFuente art. There you go. All right. What's what's our next question here, Dan? All right. So our next our next question is from um, Ellie Weissman, um, who um, is asking about Peter Parker's love interest and says that she grew up with the Peter and MJ being lore, and she doesn't think she's ever going to recover from one more day, which I think is true. For most of us, um, and she she <laughs> mentions the sensational Spider-Man annual, which was is yeah. a wonderful issue. Um, yeah, Matt Fraction at his best. <laughs> yeah, so um, you know she's asking where this relationship is he- is heading. You know, uh, and she says, my sense is that Slot doesn't really like the whole relationship, which in my mind is disappointing since I felt like it had produced some of the best Spider moments. And she wants to know, like, what do we think? Is this relationship going to happen again? Is Slot going to bring it back? Do we ever think that Peter and MJ will end up back together again? You know, I don't even know if this is a, a Dan Slot call. I mean, I, I, you know, when 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 the editor in chief of Marvel is, you know, Joe Quesada is especially is essentially the guy who pulled the trigger on this whole thing. I think I think this goes higher than Dan Slott. Like I think I think Dan Slott's opinion on it is irrelevant, and 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 because of that, I I you know I just think this is it's a dead issue. It's not coming back. I think you know the only time they kind of teased it was Spider Island, and then I was going to say it was quickly dropped again. Um, you know. I, I I mean they wouldn't even play around with it with with Otto. I mean for a good reason that would have made been very complicated. Um, but, but Dan Slott did go out of his way to throw an extra wrench into that in that moment. I don't yeah. think it's happening anytime soon. But I do think that you will see Peter back with Mary Jane in the future because imagine how many comic books that would sell. Well. That is, you know, almighty dollar does rule. So, um, yeah, I just don't see it happening, Dan. I mean, not not, not while the current regime is still, you know, it's not like Joe Quesada is all of a sudden. I know he's not editor-in-chief anymore. Now he's he's like, what is he? He's like the EVP of entertainment or something. I mean, you know, he's he's up there on the food chain. I, I, I don't think, I, you know, I don't think it's going anywhere. <laughs> Mark, uh, today, did you pick up that 75th anniversary Marvel book? I, I did. I haven't read it yet. So they do this countdown of like the best stories as voted by the f- fans, the seventy-five best. Yes. And uh, like I think in the sixties is uh, the Amazing Spider-Man Annual number twenty-one. Okay. Which is the marriage of Peter yes. and MJ. Of course. And uh, the caption underneath says they would go on to live happily ever after. Dot dot dot. Uh, maybe not. Uh, maybe we shouldn't talk about this one anymore. <laughs> so, like, they know that there's fan, you know, backlash. They know that people want them back together. 
And I think they'll give it to you eventually, unless they come up with another love interest that's as interesting as Mary Jane, which yeah. I doubt they ever will. You know, so. Um, See what the, the the moment. One of the things from the internet that always reminds me of the backlash was actually on the the comic should be good blog that I I contributed to from occasion uh, a couple of years ago. It was maybe like a year or two after one more day. They did a uh, most iconic Marvel panel countdown, like the end, and you know it was vote, voted by the fans. <laughs> and, and do you want to know what the number one panel was voted by the fans? And even like some people in the comment section were like, "That's a strange choice." Um, the the whisper panel uh no no jackpot oh <laughs> yeah which is which is a great moment i mean I, I would i would put it probably in as one of the 70 greatest panels just in terms of a character introduction but as the greatest panel <laughs> i mean you know it's a pretty it's great like, panel yeah but come on <laughs> i mean That's that, the thing. I, no no i think in this era of comics like there won't be anybody as iconot iconographic or special as mary jane like we're all too cynical about it she came at the right time in the right place with the right artist you know what i mean yeah and then he dated gwen for 50 issues so i mean <laughs> yeah but know. we all knew mary jane in our hearts we all knew okay okay jerry conway uh, <laughs> Um, our last question is uh, from uh, Dennis uh, Mercier, uh, and Dennis writes, with Superior Foes of Spider-Man wrapping up uh, soon, uh, I was curious what new supporting titles you'd be interested in, in for the Spider-Man family. Keep up the great work. Um, well, you know, Dan, we talked about this uh, before we started recording in terms of, you know, do we want to talk about books that are already out or books that we'd like to see? Um well, I'll start with a book that's already out. Uh, I think I, I, I've really loved Peter David's work on Spider-Man 2099 so far. It's it's probably my favorite book not named Superior Foes right now. Um, that's part of the Spider family. Uh, what about you? Yeah, I'm loving that book too. And, um, you know, I will say, you know, if you, I mean, Ultimate Spider-Man has been great. People know my opinion on that. Um, I, you know, today the first issue of uh, Edge of the Spider-Verse came out and I really enjoyed it. Um, I know it's not an ongoing, but uh, I'm excited to see that they're bringing in all this varied talent. And, you know, when I think when you, you find, like, an, an, a writer or an, an artist that are just doing one issue, you know, they can really put all their energy into making that one tale really interesting. So, um, you know, those have me pretty excited. We got that Gwen one coming out soon. So, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Um, yeah, I mean, I was just say this – the. I mean, we got to see where the story, how the story is. But I mean, in terms of like, you know, potential breakout characters, this Spider Gwen, Spider Girl character, I think has a lot of potential. I think that that there seems to be a lot of fan interest in that character. Um, so you know, hopefully it's good, and you know, maybe something come out of it. You know, uh, in terms of like, you know, Spidey supporting cast members, you know, I. I um, uh, 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 the characters I've never I've been surprised have not picked up in another book in a really long time are Cloak and Dagger. Yeah, and that mini from Spider Island was wonderful. Yeah, written by Nick Spencer. Uh, you know, you <laughs> guy's got a knack for the supporting cast of Spider Man. I guess I if, I, if I I'm going to make up a book that I would like to see, can it just be Spencer and Lieber doing? Amazing foes of Spider-Man, <laughs> or something with a better title. Like I just want them to keep going. You want to just? How about we just do a book about Eight Ball? <laughs> we have a book called Boomerang. Can we just we buy, have Boomerang? How about we have Kevin Smith write Black Cat again? Because I think I'd rather write read his Black Cat than his <laughs> <last> back. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, um, Insert really inappropriate joke here. Okay. <laughs> Pretty much. Well, thanks again for uh, writing in, everybody. I hope we answered your questions. And now we're going to talk about the Friendly Neighborhood Spider Talk Members Club. So now is the time of the show where we thank all the wonderful people who have decided to donate some of their hard-earned money to the show and have opted to join the Friendly Neighborhood Spider Talk Members Club. This week we would like to thank uh, David Reed for his very generous donation and congratulate him for becoming the newest member of our club. Awesome. Thank you so much, David Reed. Uh, Each episode we assign each member a number and randomly decide who gets what free digital comic from us. This week's winners are Vince Perella. Christoph Staffel and Ray Sumzer, who got All New Ultimates number seven, Superior Spider Man number thirty two, and Amazing Spider Man Learn to Crawl one point four. Yeah, and if you'd like to become a member of the Friendly Neighborhood Spider Talk Members Club and help support our show, please go to our sites and click on the giant button that reads Friendly Neighborhood Spider Talk Members Club. <sighs> Why did we name it that? And keep a lookout soon, everybody, because we're going to be recording a members request episode real soon so keep an eye on your feed we're going to be reviewing some pretty great and not so great books as requested by the members of the friendly neighborhood spider talk members club yes but now let's talk about some spider news dan All right, Mark, it was a pretty slow news week, but um, there are some things worth talking about here. Uh, What's the first big announcement that uh, we're going to talk about today? Well, we did hear that um, Donald Glover, who, uh, you know, famously, you know, kind of opined, you know, why can't there be a black Spider-Man? is going to actually play Spider-Man finally, sort of, right? Yeah, uh, he's playing Miles Morales in the Ultimate Spider-Man show, which is actually having their own little version of the Spider-Verse. Well, you know, Donald Glover is fantastic. I mean, he's one of my favorite comedians. I thought Community, well, I mean, you know, we're nerds, so I think by proxy we have to like Community, right? I don't think people who aren't nerds like wouldn't like it either. It's a really wonderful show. But yeah, Although- I guess it does play towards us. Although it, it does it does have your favorite actor Jim Rash in it. Yes, <laughs> Mark is joking because I look just like Jim Rash. <laughs> Unfortunately, you, I, I actually have joked that that's going to be my Halloween costume this year. <laughs> that's Academy Award winner Jim Rash to you, Dan. Yeah, that is uh, true. And the funny thing is, I don't like his writing, which he won an Academy Award for. So I have this whole like kind of like 
<laughs> self-hating relationship whenever I look at him. Yes, yes. But but back to Donald Glover. Um, I'm I'm glad he glad he gets to do this. I mean, you know, maybe maybe they'll they could do a real Miles Morales movie at some point, and he could be considered for that. But I'm sure the voiceover work will work just the same for him. He might be a little too old to actually play him in the flesh. That's fair. That's yeah. fair. Oh well, sigh. Troy and Abbott in the morning. Um, <laughs> what's next on the agenda here, Dan? So there was this weird thing that happened uh, about Edge of the Spider-Verse number five, which was supposed to be written by uh, Gerard Way from My Chemical Romance. And um, for some reason, someone at Marvel sent out this email to um, retailers saying that he would no longer be uh, writing that book. But then, like, when once that got reported on, like, days later, uh, that was recanted by uh, Nick Lowe on Twitter saying, no, actually, he is writing that book. This is very bizarre to me that, like, how would that email get sent out, you know, and then, you know, be recanted on? It seems like a big bungle if there was never a problem there. So maybe there's some internal squabbling going on. I don't know. Yeah, who knows? Hopefully it's not another... Um David Morrell uh, situation like ASX Spider-Man Frost, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, man, I forgot about that whole squabble. Uh, oh, never, never forget. <laughs> yeah, right. He was a nice guy too. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, and then uh, this last bit of news: this was just announced uh, t- today, as we're recording this on, on Wednesday, um, that there's there's going to be a new series in December, uh, Spider-Man and the X-Men. Um, which I guess is, uh, you know, kind of the fallout from the death of Wolverine continues, um, where, you know, Spider-Man is going to be teaching young mutants. Uh, Dan, I, I mean, you know, I understand the need to have to fill a new book with Wolverine supposedly being dead soon and all, but uh, Spider-Man, that, that, that seems like an odd choice to me. Yeah, there's not like a mutant that's been working for years to like... Rise in the ranks, and they're like, "Oh man, Spider-Man, he got it again." Yeah, I, I, you know, and it, it, it's not even like he's had much of a relationship with the X-Men as of late. I mean, I know like there's like that kind of, um, you know, love-hate thing with Wolverine, and but uh, you know, this this strikes me as odd. You know, when when Spider-Man filled in for Johnny Storm in the Future Foundation. Um, that made sense to me because, you know, there's been that connection between Spidey and the Fantastic Four forever. Um, but um, I, I can't remember the last time there was a really definitive Spider-Man X-Men story. Yeah, this to me like, kind of reeks of like Spider-Man's a hot book right now. And how do we get Spider-Man readers to read the X-Men? Um, you, know, uh, you know, it's being written by uh, the lead writer of The Daily Show. So maybe it could be funny. I mean, uh, we've liked Kevin Shinnick's work a lot, uh, you know, and he's got that comedy background, you know. Yeah. This could yeah. be something like that. But, you know, and and the rumor is that Spider-Man is going to be the guidance counselor, which right. I don't know how much I would trust Spider-Man as a guidance counselor, especially the way he's acting recently. But Yeah, this is true. Um yeah, I mean, we'll have to wait and see, but I, I do agree with you. It's kind of funny that we're we're living in a universe right now where Spider-Man is used to sell an X-Men book. I mean, what the hell happened the last 10 years, Dan? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I mean, it could be good, and I'm, you know, I'm not going to judge it already, but you know, my like cynical senses are going off. 
Yes, yes. Cynical sense is tingling. Yeah. Um, Well, speaking of cynical senses, at least for half of us, let's talk a little bit about Amazing Spider-Man Learning to Crawl 1.4. Another turning point, a fork stuck in the road. Time grabs you by the wrist, directs you where to go. So make the best of this test and don't ask why. It's not a question but a lesson learned in time. It's something unpredictable, but in the end is right. I hope you had the time of your life. Okay, Dan. Amazing Spider-Man 1.4. I think I think this might be our our biggest gap of opinion, probably going back since the the ending days of Superior. Um, Dan, this 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 book was a mess for me. Um, I'm just I'm I'm kind of through with this with this series. I want it to be over. Um, I think that you know I want to give uh, the creative team some benefit of the doubt here in terms of what they're trying to achieve, but. Um, Whatever it is they're trying to achieve, it's not coming through for me. I don't. I don't know what this book is about. I don't know who this book is for. I don't know. And I've been saying this. For, I mean, I I, I kind of saw this going all the way back to the first issue, but I feel like it's gotten progressively worse. Uh, the characterization for some of these characters is is all over the map. Um, I, I, you know, I they're they're you know. They they seem to be kind of tap dancing back and forth between, you know, we must be must be reverent of the source material, but this is new and different and, and much more important, and and it won't pick it won't pick an angle. Uh, Dan, but what did you like about it? Well, uh, I you know I, I have not been super hot on the past two issues, um, and and I think this book there's something being lost in the translation, and um, and I think that's really evident. Here in in this issue in the very first page where you have the recap of the past two issues, because here's how the title page uh, ref, uh, uh, describes the story so far, or one particular moment in the story. It says, "Quote unquote, Clash tried to team up with Spider-Man. He didn't understand the strength of his sound powers and nearly killed the Web Slinger." Um, which I don't know about you, Mark, but I don't remember that ever happening. No, I mean they 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 sort of kind of conveyed that in that one issue. I think it was one point two, but no, it wasn't clear. They um, weren't teaming up, and well, they they weren't teaming up. You're right, and they weren't. He didn't really nearly kill him. It was because Spider Man was like, "I'm done here." Like, I don't think that that happened. So, like, let's say that that happened, um, <laughs> and 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 that's the story here. Um, like, I like the progression. Of uh, of these two characters, and I'm looking at this as a, as a solo issue. I like this issue a lot more than I've liked the last two issues, because I think it seems, for the most part, um, consistent with what the the character of Clash and the storyline that was being told with him from the end of 700 and um, uh, the first issue of of this series, where he was kind of this. Guy who misinterpreted, um, you know, the lessons of Spider-Man. Like he saw him as this figure of fame, um, and saw superpowers as a means to attain fame, but never saw the downside of that, and like how that that attitude can kind of 
get you in trouble and, or you know kill your uncle. Yeah. Um, and so you know this issue has him starting off. He goes to this rock concert to kind of like show off his powers, and people don't appreciate him there. And the band calls him a loser. And this is a guy who's like short tempered and has, is like not dealing with this stuff well. Um, and he kind of goes off the handle uh, on them and attacks them. Um, and, you know, the past couple issues have shown him kind of every time he tries to do something, I guess, good natured or not even good natured, but like to, you know, increase his notoriety, you know, amongst his peers or, you know, amongst the science community, he gets kind of crushed by Spider Man in some way. Um, and so. I understood his motivations here and I I could see, you know, this kind of twisted uh, perspective. And I like this kind of if I'm talking too much here, Mark, stop me. Um, But uh, I like this uh, kind of meta commentary on like the world of fandom that I think is maybe going through this. And and I can see someone like Dan Slott who, you know, has kind of been at odds with his his fans, um, you know, whether his fault or not. Um, and, and he did get a death threat for uh, Superior, um, you know, killing off Peter Parker. But, like, there's a weird thing here about, like, these fans who try to, you know, and, and that's what uh, Clash is or Clayton is. He's a fan of Spider-Man who misunderstands the the message and then tries to do it himself and ends up, you know, becoming angry and uh, and never learns a lesson in humility. And I could see the same being said of like the fans of Spider-Man comics. They get very angry about um, you know all these changes going on, and then right. eventually come around to love them. And, and but they lash out at you know the creators. And this is true yeah. of a lot of fandoms. Yeah, um, but you know what, Dan? I got to stop you right there because yeah. I mean, if if we're talking about you know this the the overarching theme of this of this miniseries. Um, being kind of a commentary on on fan creator, then I mean that to me like there's got to be a better use of of five months of time and and you know twenty dollars of my money than um, than talking about you know fan creator relations. I mean you know like this you know my understanding of what Learning to Crawl was is this was supposed to be a comic uh, a series that that provided uh, more insights as to how Peter evolved from you know awkward teenager to spider-man and i don't see any of that in this comic i i just don't i i it's 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 you know as i alluded to earlier it's still uh too deeply um set in this like wanting to have it too many ways um you know we 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 have um you know this obsession with the minutia of all the little things that happened in Amazing Fantasy 15, Amazing Spider-Man 1, Amazing Spider-Man 2. You know this is where he meets the Fantastic Four, and and this is where he meets the Vulture, and this is how he becomes a photographer, and uh, you know this gives more insight about why Aunt May doesn't like him. And then, but then they they go around and they they introduce a moment like you know you, you know Peter in, in in trying to outdo Clash. You know, he he steals from the AV club, and and you know he 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 basically burns all his bridges with all these people, and he has this moment at the end of this issue where it's like, what am I going to do? And I'm like, 
we we got this moment in Amazing Spider-Man three when he lost to Doc Ock the first time. This kind of like hopeless despair. So you know, if we were to accept this as part of the canon, then it's like, wow, this this guy like really kind of like hit rock bottom a lot in the beginning. You know, like which one is it? What's the what's the story we're supposed to buy into? Is it is it learning to crawl or the, or Dick Lee? Because they seem to want us to believe both. And you know the other the the, the flip side of that also is that when they do introduce um, something that kind of breaks from canon, it makes it more noticeable. And it's like, what are you trying to pull here? Like in this issue, they have Peter meet Betty Brant for the first time, and that didn't happen until Amazing Spider-Man number four. And I'm not usually the kind of person who cares about that kind of stuff, but this book has made such a case about trying to care about these kinds of things. Um, so it's like. What 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 do they want out of this? I I I I don't think they know. I really don't. I, yeah, I, think- I I totally hear you on that, and I and I agree with you on, on on those things. But I do think there is something interesting here. Like, and I don't think it's just a meta commentary on fan and creator relationship. Like, I think it's also about like a person misinterpreting the message. Like I said, um, and and for me. You know, that's worked. Now, there are things in this that don't work, like Clash suddenly deciding that he's going to become murderous. Um, yes. I don't know that I I believe that. And and maybe that's what tipped me off into maybe thinking about this creator-fan relationship thing. You know, in that, you know, Dan Slott actually had a fan threaten to murder him. Um, but taking that into action is something very different. Um, yeah, so, I, I, I... Yeah, I mean, I... I that, to me... That doesn't excuse poor writing. I, yeah. I, I mean, it's. I mean, the the turn for Clash in that issue, you know, threatening to murder Jonah was just absurd. I mean, yeah, it's just. I, I it's agree like, with you. and I mean, this character, this that character is a disaster. It's it's you know, it's it, it it's following the same arc as Alpha. Like this character is going to be gone and forgotten when this issue is done, and will hopefully not resurface again unless someone wants to do a five-part mini like they did on Alpha, which I'm assuming didn't sell well, because we haven't heard from him since. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, Dan, like, I mean, I, 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 I can't express enough how, how disappointing this series is to me. It's just, like I said, I I, I feel like I'm beating the same drum. Um, and And, you know, here's something, I mean, you know, we, we we talk about the supporting cast of 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 this book right now. You know, we 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 have this scene where you know the AV kids kind of turn on Peter because of you know he's he stole their equipment, and you know it's this rock bottom moment for Peter. And yet I don't I'm not buying into it because I don't feel like there the, these AV kids are plot devices in my opinion. I don't feel that they there, there was no char- characters there. Well, I felt like the last issue did a little job of developing them, particularly the the female that Aunt May was trying to set Peter up with. And, you know, know, if they're just plot devices, you know, you have these kind of – this issue itself has a a buildup where all these things are going well for him. And then based on his actions, they all get taken away, which to me, you know, seems like a a classic Spider-Man trope and – you know, maybe it's not as developed as we expect comics to be this, these days, but you know, it feels very much in line with like a Stanley Dicko, you know, done in one story, you yeah. know, kind of thing. And um, and I like the kind of like bookended nature of, of this story, and I like the reflection that when Clash is called a loser, he like 
acts out, like he attacks violently and he can't you know, take it. But when Peter is called a loser, he accepts it at the end and is humble about it and realizes, yeah, I did lose and, uh, and I have to do some thinking about it. And to me, like that was the first time in this series where I go, okay, like I see what they're trying to say. If getting here was rocky, that's like fine. But like now I get it. Like I get what he's trying to do. And this issue to me by itself, I was like, okay, I got it. Um, even if I don't buy the motivations for like how Clash got to this crazed, you know, point, uh, but in, you know, in of itself, and that's the tough thing about reviewing singular issues is like reading this issue. I was like, okay, like I enjoyed this, um, right. and I like these characters. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I hear you, but I mean, I, I, I just, you know, it, both both individually and sequentially. This this series is you know circling the drain in my opinion. I just I I I I, I don't get the you know and and it's kind of funny because you know beyond you Dan and you know you're you you obviously have an uh, an opinion I respect very much, but you know it's like some of the people who really love this series are like the people who are some of Slot's harshest critics, and you're just kind of like. Okay, <laughs> like, 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 what, what do you, you know, how, how is this better than his, his, his? Uh, normally, I mean, is it because he's, you know, not changing Dick Goenly? Yeah, um, I, I mean, I think, I think that might have something to do with. It. I know what you're talking about, and yeah. I'm not that positive on it. No, but I do I know. like this story. And one yeah. of the things I think we can both agree on, uh, I hope, is the artwork here. Yes, yes, absolutely. Ramon Perez's art definitely saves this book from like total. Uh, disaster for me, but I mean, and it's brilliant artwork. I mean, like, it, 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 I mean, it is. This is a very pretty book to look at. I mean, Clash. Uh, you know, say what you will about his characterization, the visualization of his powers are really fun. Yeah, and the character design itself is great. I uh, love the I, moment, like the idea of like Jonah's words literally being thrown around his weapons. I yeah. thought that was really funny. Absolutely. And and you know we get these Alex Ross covers as a like an added bonus. I mean you know, book looks great, but don't like reading it. Gotta be honest. Um, do you want to go into grades here, Mark? Yeah, let's let's you know let's not dwell. What do you what do you got? Yours, yours might be you know fairly obvious here. Uh, well, I, I I you know like I said, I mean you know the Ramon Perez thing saves us from being a, a failure for me, so I, I'll give it a D. Okay, and I'm giving it a B. This might be our biggest divergence. Oh my goodness! Maybe it's all may, over. maybe, maybe uh, superior thirty was our bigger <laughs> bigger divergence. Yeah, I mean, you know, but the but the thing with that is, I mean, that's a book that I feel like as time has gone on, especially after reading thirty one, I, I I like I've come to your side on that. You know, like that's you know, whereas I feel like you know, you're I don't I don't see you swaying from this. I mean, you know. You, I think this these, these this book is this book being one point four just kind of is clicking on different levels for us. Yeah, possibly, but you never know. Okay, so why don't we why don't we, why don't we take it home, Dan? All right, Mark. Well, uh, you can find all of our new amazing Spider Talk and old Superior Spider Talk podcasts at superiorspidertalk.com or find us on iTunes and Stitcher by searching for Amazing Spider Talk. And if you do. Please make sure you leave us a rating and a comment. We know you're out there, those of you who, uh, who have not reviewed our show yet. Please make sure you do so and let us know how we're doing, and we'll read it on the air. If you have any qu- opinions on these comics or any questions, 
email them to us at amazingspidertalk at gmail.com, and we'll address and read them on the air. We know you're out there, too. Please write us. We want to get all your questions and give them a good answer. Yeah, or attempt to. Uh, also, be sure to check out both our Facebook pages at facebook.com slash superiorspidertalk and facebook.com slash chasingamazing. Because these are really cool, great, amazing places to keep up with us in between shows. Uh, we both put up our articles, some news tidbits. Uh, we'll talk to you. We'll, we'll we'll chat with you. Have you know have a virtual coffee with you. You know, send me a Starbucks card. That'd be great. Uh, Facebook <laughs> lets you do that these days. Uh, and and you know all that other fun stuff. And also, don't forget to check out our friendly neighborhood Spider Talk Members Club that helps support our show. Uh, you know, we 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 do this out of the goodness of our hearts. So uh, having having you donate uh, to us keeps 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 the dream alive, right, Dan? Right. Hey, Mark, where can we find more of your stuff on the Internet? Yeah, well, you can find me, uh, of course, at www.chasingamazingblog.com. All all this month and probably going into next month, I'm going to be examining different alternative Spider-Man stories uh, as part of the Spider-Verse buildup. We've already looked at a what-if Spider-Man and Spider-Man noir, and I I promise there'll be a few few more interesting ones to come. Um, On Twitter, you can follow me at ChasingASMblog. And, uh, of course, you can find me on other websites such as comicbook.com where I contribute a, a couple of lists every week, top ten lists, top five lists, and then uh, still occasionally keeping up with gimmick or good at comics should be good. What about you, Dan? Man, Mark, you are one busy dude. Yeah, tell me about it. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I say this every time we do this show, but I just – whoo. <laughs> well, um, you know, I've been busy actually myself for the past month. Um, you know, you can always follow me online at on Twitter at, at Dan Gavazdin or follow my Spider-Man account, which actually I think I tweet more from now, at, at Sup Spider Talk. And uh, you can read all my Spider-Man writing at superiorspidertalk.com. But I've also, like, hired, like, ten more people to come join the site and uh, and write features and reviews for me. So we're getting all prepped for Spider-Verse, and we have some really wonderful features coming out in the next couple weeks um, for you to check out that I think are really going to help change the dialogue about everyone's favorite web he- webhead. Um, so uh, come on by and, uh, and check out the articles and leave a comment or two. I'd love to hear from all of you guys. Yeah, well, you know, you got an army working for you, Dan. So uh, Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, I'm not you. um no that sounds great dan and definitely check out dan's website um well dan uh i guess i guess we should bring it home in the in the immortal words of uncle ben uh which is with great podcasts there must also come amazing spider talk